Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered with your host, Josh. Today, I'm going to be talking about last night's Thursday night football game, the 49ers Seahawks. The 49ers won the game, won the division, clinched the playoff berth. They're moving on. Congratulations to them on breaking down that game. And I look ahead to the rest of Week 15, make some game picks starting with tomorrow. Yes, football on Saturday. A triple header, some good games on tomorrow with the rest of the slate on Sunday. And then, of course, I make my Argentina friends pick. You've been listening to me. You already know who I'm going to pick, but I'll break down that matchup as well. Is Sunday will be a great day, World Cup, and then right after that, football the rest of the day. So let's get right into it. 49ers and Seahawks last night. What did we learn? Well, we learned that... San Francisco is really, really good. And I said this on Tuesday when I did my top 10 teams in the NFL. I said San Francisco is the most dangerous team in the NFC. Uh, I believe I said it yesterday, too. I believe the Eagles are a more complete team, uh, but I believe San Francisco is the most dangerous team and that was on full display last night. Why do I say they are the most dangerous team? Because when I look at the 49ers roster compared to the Eagles roster, there's just more playmakers on the Niners roster. George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, more playmakers. Yes, the Eagles have a better offensive line. A defensive line, I do like the... Uh, Niners more, I like their front seven more, I like the back seven of the Eagles more. Eagles have a more proven quarterback in Jalen Hurts, while Brock Purdy has been great. Last week against Tom Brady was great, his week before that filling in was great, and then last night, like I said, this was his first true road test, hostile environment, and he was calm. He's still yet to throw an interception. He was great, and to me, he seems more than a game manager. Jimmy Garoppolo had that game manager uh, tag to him, but Brock Purdy shows a bit more athleticism, a bit more ability to scramble, uh, make a play in the pocket, out of the pocket. He's been sensational. Uh, and this was touched on in the nightcap last night when after the game was over, the commentators on Amazon Prime, I believe it was Michael Smith, said that he feels reminiscent of – you know, Tom Brady 20 years ago, 21, 22 years ago, how in his second year, Drew Bledsoe got injured uh, and kind of took them the rest of the way in a similar situation here. Now, I believe this is a different situation. Drew Bledsoe is a great quarterback, uh, you know, before the injury. I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo was a Drew Bledsoe type quarterback, and I'm hesitant to make that comparison. But when you see the weapons Brock Purdy has around him, like I already mentioned, uh, the great play calling that Kyle Shanahan does, this team's tough to beat. And even though the final score was by eight points, it it was never close. Never felt close uh, at all in this game. Uh, the first touchdown pass to George Kittle, you know, was just a typical great Kyle Shanahan uh, play there. And then the next touchdown drive was just methodical, run the ball, quick passes, 
And then to start off the third quarter, it was a 54-yard pass, and George Kittle was just making men miss. And at that point, it was 21-3, to and it was game over. At that point, final score was 21-13. But you can't really find a hole in this San Francisco team. I mean, they bottle up the Seattle rushing attack, and like I said yesterday, Seattle isn't really that good when they run the football, and they can't stop a run. What happened? That same exact thing that's been happening in this tough stretch for Seattle, it's happened. They ran the ball for 70 yards, couldn't get the run game going, whereas they couldn't stop the run. San Francisco ran for 170 yards. Passing uh, Geno Smith uh, threw for 238 yards. Uh, Brock Purdy threw for 211 yards. QBR favored Brock Purdy, 62 to Geno Smith, 48. So pretty mediocre there. Uh, it was just a good day all around for the San Francisco 49ers. And like I said, they've now clinched the division. Their playoff spot is set. They have the tiebreak over the Bucks, So there's no way they can drop down to the four seed. They're, all that's in play is a one through three seed. I think it's highly unlikely they get the one because Philadelphia would need to lose out. San Francisco would need to win out. Again, I highly doubt that's going to happen. They can still catch Minnesota at the two. I believe that's going to be difficult as well. But San Francisco is in a great position to host a home playoff game against a team that's not the Dallas Cowboys, such as the Commanders or the Giants. I think it'll be the Commanders. So they play them this week. So that's just, or they don't play them this week, but next week they play them. That could be an early preview. And then they could end up getting Minnesota in the second round uh, and kind of having a Dallas-Philadelphia divisional round, really a heavyweight battle there. So San Francisco really is in prime position to coast in, I think, to the NFC Championship game. I think it's just a shoe-in that they'll be in the NFC Championship at that point. I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think you can book it. I think San Francisco will be in the NFC Championship game. Now, I'm not predicting them to go on quite yet. Kyle Shanahan's had his moments there, but I want to see who they play, what they happen. But without a doubt, I think the 49ers will be in the NFC Championship game again this year. And then with the Seahawks, we see their chances slipping. Seattle does not look good lately. They have not played good lately. That's two in a row they've lost, and that's four out of their last five that Seattle has lost. So, again, things aren't looking good. They were just in the driver's spot a couple weeks ago in a playoff spot. Now they're a game and a half back of the Giants and Commanders. Yes, they played this week, so they'll only be a half game back. Uh, but that tie that they have is vital. And Seattle's road doesn't get easier. Uh, they play the Chiefs next week in Kansas City. That's going to be a really tough game for them to win. And then after the week after that, they have a tough defense to face in the New York Jets. So before the season, I said they were going to be 5-12. They've already proved me wrong. They're 7-7, seven and seven, but I still said they were going to have a losing record. So even if they're 8-9, and nine, I'll feel really good 
about that. I won't feel like, you know, I really predicted that one wrong. But one of my predictions is already right. I said the 49ers were going to win the NFC. A lot of people didn't believe me. They said, hey, the Rams are going to win the NFC. I said, hey, Rams are not going to be as good this year. Uh, Yes, a lot of that is due to injuries, but just the way they opened up the season without injuries wasn't very impressive. So 49ers are one team that so far I'm right on. If we were to go down the pack right now, in the NFC, the only division pick that I have wrong so far is the NFC North. I picked Green Bay to win that division. I don't see that happening. I think Minnesota will win this week and clinch that. And I picked Philadelphia to win, Tampa Bay. Still there, very worrisome in the NFC South. Touch on that in a bit. NFC West, hey, San Francisco is right there. So that's looking just good for me. So let's go over week 15, rest of week 15, make some picks for this weekend. Saturday, tomorrow morning. Colts, Vikings. The Vikings have a chance to clinch their division tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, depending on your time zone. So they had that opportunity. And I think the Vikings are going to do it. Uh, to me, this, you know, I had four uh, picks that I did already that were kind of shoe and picks yesterday. The 49ers were a shoe and pick. Tomorrow's a shoe and pick. I, the Vikings are going to win this game. Uh, Without a doubt. And the Vikings defense really isn't that good. You can definitely pass on them. Their pass defense is atrocious. Uh, Absolutely terrible. It is uh, that bad. They have the worst pass defense in the NFL. They allow 287 yards per game. 287. To put that into context, the Houston Texans, who are 110-1, are actually in the top... 12. They're actually pretty good at stopping the pass, but Minnesota can't stop anyone from passing the ball on them. They're terrible. But what do the Colts don't do well? They can't pass the ball. Matt Ryan is turnover prone. He's terrible. He can't get it going. Uh, so if the if, uh, Colts offense had more firepower, if they were more dynamic, they could throw the ball. I'd probably pick another upset here because, again, I don't think the Vikings defense is that good. But the Colts look lifeless on offense. Yes, they're coming off a bye. Let's see if Jeff Saturday worked it in. But I I have a hard time believing that the Colts will be able to keep up with the Minnesota Vikings in this game. I like Minnesota to win this game. Then we have the Ravens and Browns. Now, this is a tough one because Lamar Jackson still out. Tyler Huntley, uh, we'll see if he is cleared from concussion protocol yet. I believe he will play. Uh, who will be cleared. Uh, Deshaun Watson has just been absolutely terrible in two games. And I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's 700 days, uh, blah, 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 blah. But guess what? You don't practice. You know, a lot of people have like a year off and they even look good in their first game. Uh, Deshaun Watson does not look good. He looks terrible. That 200 and, you know, 30 million guaranteed uh Contract does not look good. So this is what I'm worried about. Uh, Baltimore's defense has looked a lot better. And I think if Baltimore and wants to stay 
pace with the Bengals who are playing well. I think Baltimore needs uh, to win this game. So I'm going to pick Baltimore here in an upset over Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland are three-point favorites. Uh, Baltimore is one of my underdog picks this week. I like Baltimore uh, to win this game, be a more physical team. J.K. Dobbins was back last week, was able to run the ball well. Uh, I like the Ravens uh, to beat the Browns. Next, Dolphins-Bills. This was another shoe-in. Buffalo's winning this game. This is another one you can book, book, take it to the bank. Buffalo's winning this game. Now, Miami did get the better of them earlier in the season, week three. That was down in the hot, humid Miami weather. Now we're in Buffalo. Projected to be around seven inches of snow, four to seven inches of snow. Uh, that's going to be too much for Miami. Too. And I know Tua likes to say, hey, those in Alabama, Mike McDaniel says it could be colder. I mean, all this, but Dolphins are playing their worst football right now. You're going up against the Bills, and the Bills play very good at home in Orchard Park. Uh, they play with a different edge. The fans there are just great. So I think that Buffalo has a little bit of revenge factor there. And Buffalo can really clinch the division uh, with a win this week because then they would need to lose out and Miami would need to win out. But they would have the double tiebreaker right there to Bills win, so they'd essentially win the division tomorrow. So I believe a couple more division spots will be clinched tomorrow. Buffalo will win this game. Now let's move over to Sunday. And there's two shoe-in picks. I'm just going to get out of the way right here. I'm picking Philadelphia to beat Chicago. That's going to happen. That's a gimme. And then I'm picking Kansas City to beat Houston. That's another gimme right there. Uh, no upsets happening in that one whatsoever. Arizona and Denver. This is an in- interesting matchup here. Kyler Murray out for the year with a torn ACL. Colt McCoy will be the starter. Uh, Denver has just been absolutely disappointing. Uh, 3-10. and 10. Russell Wilson is in, uh, you know, concussion protocol. Who knows if... Hill will be playing this week. It could be a Colt McCoy, Brett Ripon show. Not really a sexy matchup, if you will, but it is in Denver. Uh, Brett was able to do some decent things. He had a horrible interception, but he was able to make a throw. Uh, I believe this game will be low scoring, but I like Denver's defense. I believe the defense is really good, really elite. What they were able to make Patrick Mahomes look like, they put him in the blender last week. Yes, they escaped with a win, but Patrick Mahomes threw three terrible interceptions. And we all want to pick on Josh Allen when he throws bad interceptions and we get on him. But, you know, if it's Patrick Mahomes, we try to brush it under the rug, sweep it under the carpet. But guess what? That It's not how it works. He looked terrible. Denver's defense is good. Denver wins this game behind the defense in the battle of backup quarterbacks, not the Kyler Russell matchup that we were expecting. New England, Las Vegas. This is a tricky one here. Uh, Las Vegas has just been, they've been good. They can't finish. They can't close out games. 
New England's offense is just an apt, but their defense is good. However, we're dealing with injuries to Nelson Aguilar, Ramondre Stevenson, Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers. You know, that's tough there. But there's also this factor of Bill Belichick going up against Josh McDaniels, a former assistant. It's Can Josh McDaniels really beat Bill Belichick in his first go-around with the Raiders? New England is more desperate. They're fighting to keep their playoff spot. Las Vegas, if they lose this game, is essentially out of the playoffs. They're knocked out, eliminated. I believe both teams will play desperate. But I like New England to win this game. New England's a one-point dog. I like New England to win and cover that right there. Tennessee in the L.A. Chargers, Titans Chargers. I like the Chargers in this game. Uh, To me, it's a safe bet. Tennessee has not looked good lately. They have lost three in a row after starting seven and three. A lot of talk about them. That talk is cooled down significantly and for a good reason, whereas they're going up against, to me, a great team, a team I like, Justin Herbert in the Los Angeles Chargers. Mike Williams healthy, Keenan Allen healthy. We were able to see what this offense is able to do last week against the Dolphins. I think Los Angeles will be able to throw on Tennessee's defense. We just talked about Minnesota, how terrible their pass defense is. Well, Tennessee is almost as bad. They are the second worst pass defense in the league. And this is a pass-happy offense in Justin Herbert and those wide receivers. I believe this will be a comfortable win for the Los Angeles Chargers this weekend as they vibe for that final playoff spot as well with the New England Patriots. think this will be a good game in the end. Chargers win. Cincinnati-Tampa Bay. Oh, we've got to get to this game. Cincinnati are three-and-a-half road favorites. Can Tom Brady as an underdog pull it out? I've picked Tom Brady every single game this season. Even in games that, you know, haven't been favored, but with some of the losses that I didn't predict, I thought, oh, they bounce back. Can they bounce back after one of Tom Brady's worst losses of his career last week? Can he do it? He's going against Joe Cool. However, there's some injuries there. Tyler Boyd's going to try to play, but that finger is really messed up. T. Higgins is hurt. Hayden Hurst will probably not play. Trey Hendrickson out. Mike Hilton. So Cincinnati's down a lot. However, so is Tampa Bay. Uh, Antoine Winfield's been questionable. Mike Edwards, their starting safety combo. Vita Vega doesn't look like he'll play. So both teams are dealing with big injuries. But guess what? Cincinnati's got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. The best wide receiver quarterback duo in the game. No question about it. And Tom Brady, I thought, you know, last year was second to Devontae Adams. and Or third to Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup with him and Mike Evans. But that connection is gone. That thing that was built over the past two years that looked great. Somehow, they're never on the same page. It looks like a rookie quarterback in there in his old, terrible offense. This is the first week I will pick against Tampa Bay. Now, can Tom Brady pull it out if it's a close game at the end? Sure, he can. It helps if they're at home, too. But I like Cincinnati to win this game. I expect a big day from Joe Burrow in Jamar Chase to step up in the pocket, make some big plays. 
really send Tampa Bay spiraling at six and eight, where they're in a position to do they have to win out to make the playoffs? And Cincinnati wants to make pace with the Baltimore Ravens. I believe Cincinnati Bengals win this game. Hate picking against Tom Brady, but I got to be real here. I think Cincinnati is going to win this game. Sunday night, New York Giants, Washington Commanders. Two weeks ago, this game was on television, and we ended in a tie. Now, since then, New York Giants got absolutely demolished last week against the Eagles. Well, Washington had a bye. I like Washington in this game. I think Washington uh, is definitely on a better you know, win streak right now. We've, I believe, won five out of their past six, you know, similar to the Lions. Didn't start the season off particularly good, but they're on a hot streak right now. Whereas New York Giants are the opposite. They started off the season really good, but now they've lost three in a row, and things are starting not to look good for the New York Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones is not that guy. He can't make plays. Only has 12 touchdown passes this season. Saquon Barkley can only take them so far. Washington's defense, I think, matches up good with this offense. Uh, now that it's in Washington, flexed into a primetime game, I think Taylor Heineke, again, will prove to be calm, cool, collected in the pocket. He'll make some plays to his wide receivers, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, uh, the plays that Daniel Jones simply cannot make because he's not good at football. Now I liked it. You know, before this season, I said, hey, Daniel Jones is not that guy. Everybody was enamored with Daniel Jones. Always turned the corner. Brian Dable, the quarterback whisperer. I said, not so fast. Where are we now? Well, Daniel Jones isn't that guy. He's not the franchise guy. Brian Dable can only do so much. We need a new quarterback. Sounds typical of the New York football giants. We're going to get out footballed by the Washington Commanders on Sunday night. Atlanta, New Orleans. Interesting, sneaky, good matchup here. Since the NFC South is still in play for all teams, uh, Desmond Ritter is a starting quarterback for the Falcons. Didn't like him in college. Don't like him now in the NFL. Don't think his game translates over well. Don't think he'll play well. Uh, New Orleans had a week to think about that deflating loss on Monday night to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I believe Andy Dalton will make enough plays. Chris Olave didn't have his best game last time out. Had a couple of key drops, I believe. He won't have those drops. New Orleans will win this game here. Both teams will end up 5-9 and nine after this game. I like New Orleans. Uh, their defense to really stifle Desmond Ritter and this Atlanta offense. Detroit and the New York Jets. This game just got more interesting. How so? Well, it was just announced that Mike White is not cleared to play. So Zach Wilson will be the starter. Now, this to me, this is a coin flip toss of game. Detroit is one-point favorites. Zach Wilson has not been good. Four touchdowns to five interceptions this year. They haven't trust him to throw the ball a lot since Brees Hall's been out. This team has looked different. This offense has looked different. Both teams are trying to still be in the playoff hunt. Both teams need a win. Both teams with a loss are effectively out, in my opinion. 
but with Mike White not being cleared, Zach Wilson in, does that change how Robert Sala calls the game? What happens here? Because last time we saw uh, Zach Wilson, it was a 10-3 Jets game, however, against the Patriots, but this defense is not the Patriots' defense. Detroit's defense is not as good. It's improved since the beginning of the year, but it's still not a great defense. This is one, you know, I want to pick my Detroit Lions to win this game. But this is a game that in the past, a game like this where they need to win. And you look at their schedule afterwards, it's the Panthers, Bears, Packers. Like, we can do it. Uh, This is the game where the Lions typically let you down. It just isn't. Could this be Zach Wilson's redemption game? Like, I'm going to go off now this week. I'm going to make the throws. I'm going to have Garrett Wilson and then respect me. Or is it going to be a further spiral? I don't know. Again, the, you know, those X factors there are going to be great. You know, I'm leaning towards picking the Jets. Call me crazy. That's another underdog pick. But again, this is a game that the Lions have literally rip my heart out before my mood for the rest of my Sunday is just absolutely shot because of these Detroit Lions. I hope it doesn't end up like that, but it very well could be. Just saying. Uh, that that game, I think, is going to be a really very close game. Uh, I would love the Lions to sneak it up, but I don't know if I fully trust them yet. I love the five out of six games that they won, how they fought back in the playoff contention. But are the Lions ready to make the next step, we'll find out on Sunday. And really, are the Jets ready as well? Two second-year head coaches who've done a tremendous job in Dan Campbell and Robert Sala. A lot on the line on Sunday. Pittsburgh and Carolina. I'm leaning towards Carolina in this one. Don't think Pittsburgh can cover as underdogs just because don't know about the quarterback situation. Kenny Pickett likely out with a concussion. As I said yesterday, the wide receivers for Pittsburgh – don't want Mitch Trubisky to start. Will Mike Tomlin listen to them and start Mason Rudolph? Will they keep with Mitch? I think if they keep Mitch in, it's a Carolina win. And if Carolina wins tomorrow and Tampa Bay loses to Cincinnati, like people think, Carolina's number one in the division because Carolina has a tiebreak. How crazy is that with Sam Darnold, who's played better the last couple of weeks? They've absolutely ran the football tremendously. Uh, the defense has played well. Uh, somehow this feels like a complete team now that Baker's gone. Call me strange. Call me weird. Call it weird. But I believe Carolina will wind up winning this game. And then that shuts the door on Mike Tomlin not having another winning season. Again, he cannot lose any more games. He has to win at least three and tie once or win out. I don't see Either of those scenarios happening for Pittsburgh. Last game on the Sunday slate, the Dallas Cowboys and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Dallas has been a roller coaster ride this season. Terrence Steele, right tackle, torn ACL, is out battling there. Can Dallas Cowboys beat the Jacksonville Jaguars when Jacksonville you know, last week looked good, but Jacksonville's been another roller coaster ride. They have. It's a bad loss to the, you know, Broncos. 
and then they somehow come back and win against the Raiders. Then they look terrible against the Chiefs. Then they have a great win against the you know Ravens. Then they look absolutely like a dumpster fire against the Lions. And then they beat the Titans last week. Again, roller coaster. But like I said, that's the same with the Dallas Cowboys. It's two roller coasters. So I believe this game is not going to be close. Uh, well, some team is going to have a high this week. Some team is going to have a low this week. It's which one is it going to be? I tend to say Dallas is going to win this game and, you know, prove to win after a close win last week. This is the one, you know, Dallas is going to win big and front run and showbow and gloat about. But it's in Jacksonville. Dak hasn't particularly played, played great. Yes, they've been winning, but nine interceptions in the past eight games. I'm just saying it's not good. It's not a good look. Uh, but I'm going to end up picking Dallas. Might regret it because I do think Jacksonville is playing tough, tough out there. But I'm going to roll with the Dallas Cowboys, even though this, to me, will be a close game this week. So those are my Week 15 picks. There you have it, folks. Book it. Now time to talk about World Cup. Move on to that for the end of the end of today. Argentina versus France. It's billed as Messi versus Mbappe, the goat to the heir apparent. And as I've been watching the World Cup, as I've been talking about the World Cup, I think Lionel Messi is a goat. I think he's the best player. I think he's proven right now that at 35 years old, he is still the best player. And I like Argentina to win this game, of course, because they do have the best player in Lionel Messi. And I believe they are the more complete team. And I believe France is the better team. They have the more athletes. But what I mean by complete team, it's not just the players you send out on the field. Uh, it's the chemistry they have. It's the feel for the game that they have. It's the buy-in with the coach. It's you know all that that makes a team complete. And I believe they have that. I believe Lionel Messi, with kind of the young guys that they have, the McAllister, the Julian Alvarez, Arturo Martinez, they, they complement each other really well. Lionel Messi, you know, four years ago uh, in the World Cup, the uh, Copa Americas, you know, before that, you know, really that stretch to 2016 to 2018, looked disinterested in Argentina in the International League. But since the Copa America win uh, last year, uh, you know, the 35 on beating streak with the new manager, Stallone, they've looked fantastic. They really have. Now, yes, they had the upset to Saudi Arabia. You know, is that the real Argentina Dorillo? No, because the 35 on beat, or 36 game on beating streak, means more than the one-game loss. Argentina's proved they are a really good team. And, you know, we saw these teams play four years ago. France beat Argentina. Argentina was up 2-1 to one in the second half, and then Kylian Mbappe, you know, delivered on the biggest stage there. Uh, but this is just Lionel Messi's World Cup, and there's going to be a lot of excuses if, Argenti if uh, Argentina wins on the France side of things. Gives me two big excuses. Uh, there's an illness going around with uh, France locker room. So who knows who will play, who will exactly play, who's fully ready for that game. And you have them there. 
And then you have the Kareem Benzema injury, who won the player of the year this year for soccer, the best, you know, soccer player, uh, has not been with on this World Cup tournament. I don't like that one as an excuse because he hasn't played a game with them for the World Cup. But I know that's coming. Uh, but that's okay. Lionel Messi is going to put on a clinic this week. The games I've watched, Argentina looks better than France. Uh, France struggles defensively. Morocco had some really good chances. Mbappe doesn't play defense. I know Messi's not a great defender, uh, but Mbappe, he, he stands. Messi walks around. Mbappe stands. There's a difference. Again, England looked better, but they won. So, you know, the past two games haven't looked great, whereas Argentina against a really good Croatia team put on an absolute clinic. Uh, again, against Australia and Netherlands were the better team kind of the last in the last 10 minutes to kind of make those games close. But Argentina's going to win. They've got Lionel Messi. Uh, for France, I think Antoine Griezmann has been better than Kylian Mbappe. And I think, you know, when we compare Mbappe and Messi, Messi's a finesse player. He dribbles great. He can score. He's a full package offensively. And to me, you know, I forget who said this yesterday, uh, but I was reading and watching it. But he called Mbappe a speed merchant and said that Mbappe's style of play isn't really built for the durability of a Ronaldo who's played now into 37, Messi until 35, and I agree with that. Mbappe is a cherry picker. He, you know, is built his game on speed. And he is the fastest player in soccer. He can allow beat any defender uh, there in a race to the ball down there. So that's where you've got to be careful. Uh, but he'll make a couple of moves, but he doesn't have the arsenal, the tools that are in, you know, Lionel uh, Messi's pocket. He just doesn't. I believe Lionel Messi is a better player. Uh, if he wins this weekend, I believe that's his chance to submit GOAT status. I already think he is. Uh, but I think for the world of sports, if he wins this one, uh, it's cemented. It's done. Case closed. Uh, there's no Messi-Ronaldo debate. You know, Messi, Pele, Bate, Maradona. Messi's got it. So, again, I like France to win this game. But... We also have a very underrated third-place matchup tomorrow, Croatia-Morocco. Because you still get a medal if you win third place. Yes, it's not the World Cup final, but it is big. Uh, Croatia are going to play. They want to play for the medal because they know how big that is, whereas Morocco does as well, being uh, you know that first African nation in the semifinal. I believe this is going to be a very, very... Good third-place game. Very underrated. You know, doesn't get the billing because, again, it's not the final. But I do think Croatia-Morocco will be a fantastic uh, soccer match there. believe it will be low scoring. If this goes into penalty kicks, then, you know, you got Lovakovic, the goalie for Croatia, who's been great, Ben Bono for Morocco. So I hope this goes to penalties. Again, two teams that mirror style of play, strong defense, midfield, uh, Attack when needed. Uh, again, could this be a 0-0, 1-1 going into penalties? I could see it, and I'm all here for it. Great matchup. So great sports on this weekend. Like I said, bowl games start today into the weekend. Put soccer on, NFL on Saturday and Sunday. lot to watch. I'm ready for it. Sign me up. Hope everyone has a great weekend. 
I'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody.